It is so great to be here. I love this church. I mean, I really love this church. Thank you so much, Curtis, for asking me. And uh, so many people I've known for a long time here and so many new friends. And I love being here. Uh, today, most people probably don't know this, it's Orphan Sunday. And uh, you don't say, I'm celebrating Orphan Sunday. We're not celebrating Orphan Sunday. We're recognizing Orphan Sunday and that there are millions of orphans and destitute children around the world. And we want to think about that today, and we want to do something about that today. And uh, it's also, uh, as Curtis was saying, about Christian Relief Fund, it's our 50th anniversary this year, and we're pretty excited about that. And we're just located right here. Our international headquarters is in Amarillo. And this is one of Amarillo's ways to change the world. And uh, if we do anything at Christian Relief Fund, we help orphans. I mean, we do a lot of other things, but we are dedicated to helping orphans. And uh, Harvest Connection has helped us so much to help orphans. Uh, back here in the coffee room, uh, you'll see a bunch of little promos of kids. And they're kids that are uh, you can sponsor for $35 a month, about a dollar a day. You can totally take care of a child. You can feed them. You can clothe them. You can educate them, get them spiritual training. And so many of you already do that. But if you're new here and you want to help a kid, you can do that. We also drill water wells. That's kind of the second big thing we do. We, we go to famine countries, places that have no clean water. And uh, we have several rigs and we drill water wells. And right now we've got matching funds. The guy that was president of Justin Boots is matching funds. And so you can, you can, uh, drill a well, a $10,000 well for 5,000 because he'll give 5,000 if you give 5,000. And then as quickly as we can, we plan a church to go along with, uh, with that well. And uh, so, anyhow, you've done so much to help us, and I could just thank you all day. So just pretend I'm thanking you all day, because that's how thankful I am. Uh, recently, you drilled a well in a place called Mesowa. In Mesowa, and Mesowa is in the um, desert of the northwest part of Kenya in a place called Turkana. Now, Adi and I have been there several times, and uh, I mean, it... Uh, when we first went there, I mean, I couldn't think of any place worse. I mean, they, it hadn't rained in, in six or seven years and people were just dying. You just, you know, you don't usually go and see just dead people around, but they, they actually are in Turkana. And it's also the home of the largest crocodiles in the world. So, uh, anyhow, we went there and, uh, started drilling wells and planting churches and, Harvest Connection has just planted a church there in Turkana in Mesua. And you know what it's called? It's called Harvest Connection. That's right. And so you could be driving through the desert of Africa and all of a sudden, hey, here's Harvest Connection and you'd feel right at home. You'd have some people that would welcome you there. And it's a strategic location. It's uh, very near the only town that's there is called Lodwar. And this is very near Lodwar. And we wanted to plant this church because we thought it would be a great place for pastors to come and get trained in this location. And uh, so it's not only a church, but it's a it's a training place for pastors. And one of the things I found out is, uh, I know y'all are building a building, and it takes a little while to build a building. Over there in Chicago, we built this one in six weeks. So <laughs> you can build a building pretty fast over there. And it, and already it's already meeting. Look at that. The, we know this is the first week we opened the thing in the 
building is nearly full. I guess we didn't build it big enough. So, so uh, it's just a great place. And from all the people, oh, and you support the pastor. And that's the guy right there in the middle. His name is Samuel Ecuador, kind of like Ecuador, only Ecuador. Samuel Ekidor, and I like him because he wears orange pants. And I mean, I just think that is the coolest thing in the world. And so Samuel is there as your pastor. So remember, sometimes when you're having your prayers about missions, pray for Samuel and pray for the uh, pastors that are going to be trained there in Turkana. And uh, isn't that great? You did that. Now, around the world right now, I don't know, you know, maybe Afghanistan would be worse, I don't know, but but next to that, I don't know any place worse than Haiti right now. I mean, it is an absolute mess, and um, they have lost their government, and the whole country is being run by violent gangs, and one of the guys that's trying to take over the country is this gang leader, and he calls himself Barbecue. I mean, really, he calls himself barbecue. And, and it's just a, it's just a terrible situation. We were down there, uh, building houses and drilling wells in the recent earthquake, uh, that they had down there. Uh, I can't go there right now, uh, for probably being kidnapped if I went. And so we have an all Haitian team that's uh, running our relief work. In the second biggest city in, in Haiti, it would be Cap Haitian, and it's in the northern part of Haiti. You usually hear about Port-au-Prince in the southern part of Haiti. But in the northern part of Haiti, uh, CRF is, uh, has acquired a place for orphans, a place that we can take care of orphans. And uh, it's, a, it's a really great place, except uh, it was not a great place. It was totally demolished, as you could see here, and it was just an absolute mess. And we called it Place of Joy. <laughs> and, and I like that name. And anyhow, we, we were trying to acquire this, and we, we spent years trying to acquire this. And we found out it was uh, owned, actually, by the Catholic Church in Argentina. And just recently, I've been praying over this for, I don't know, maybe 10 years, trying to get this place. It's 65 acres. And finally, the Argentinians just were run out of town. They had to be uh, hiding in a truck and going out illegally through the Dominican Republic. And so one of, one of these Catholic priests from um, Argentina showed up over here on 58th Street. And we weren't sure totally what he was going to do, but he says, we can't run it anymore. He said, we know Christian Relief Fund uses native people and you use Haitians. He says, it's got to be run by Haitians. And he said, we want to give this place to you. And so I don't know. Uh, you know, I saw one estimation of the price of it was $5 million. And they wanted to give it to you. And we said, man, this is so great. And he says, there's only one catch. And I said, what's that? He says, it has to be approved by the Pope. I said, the who? <laughs> he said, the Pope. And so anyhow, we got this land that you're working at now, and it's been approved by the Pope. So that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good deal that he approved it. <laughs> and it was a, a building, and, and you see how messed up it was. We remodel it, and you help remodel it, okay? Isn't, isn't that better? You see the old one and sitting, look at the new one now. You, you've helped remodel that. And in that building that's uh, there on the lower right, that is the church. That's our new church building. And you helped remodel that. I mean, you did remodel that. And that is the place where the church is going to meet. And they met this week. 
for the first time. In fact, the church at Mesua in Turkana and this church met for the first time this week. And I, I told him, I said, you got to meet before, before I go to Harvest Connection. <laughs> I said, and I gave him the date. I said, you got to get those buildings built and remodeled and you got to, you got to be preaching the word in those places. And so, uh, so they were, but in this place in the bottom right, before we planted that church, or you planted that church, it was a place of voodoo. It was a place that worshipped Satan. I mean, I'm not just kidding. They worshipped Satan in this room. And as of this week, good has overcome evil. And, and people are meeting in the name of Jesus. It's really hard, you know, to, to get there and everything like that. But people are meeting in the name of Jesus. And we, we thought the best thing we could do is so the people know the church helps people instead of just takes things from people like the voodoo people did. And so we drill, we're drilling five water wells in this community. And so the people in this community are going to say, wow. This church really cares for us, giving us clean water when the water that they have right now is giving them cholera. And so you're drilling these wells there in um, in Haiti, and I mean, and the and the pastor. If you go back uh, uh, to that other one, shows the church. There's a pastor there, and his name is Ronald, Ronald Romeus, and that's him uh, in kind of in the middle in the CRF shirt, and that's his sidekick on the right, and his name is Ulnick. And they are just great guys. And it doesn't matter how bad Haiti gets, they're going to preach the word. <laughs> and, and so that's what we're doing. I don't know if you're like me, you say, how can I help Haiti? Well, I can't figure out how to help everything in Haiti, but we can plant a church and help people find Jesus. And so, so we are doing that. Isn't that great? <laughs> and so when you are given this money, you know, like if you put it in the basket today, you're given online or something like that, uh, I hope you know that it's not just money and you don't know what's happening to it. I mean, it is changing people's lives and people are finding the gospel all over the world. And I mean, these two places, I mean, if you want to pick hard places, I mean, you go to the desert of Africa or you go to Haiti right now, those are hard places. And right now you're helping share the good news of Jesus Christ. And so I'm just excited about it. Well, we were digging a well in Barwesa. You ever been to Barwesa, Hadi? Okay, we were digging, digging this well in Barwesa. It's kind of in the northwest part of Kenya. And uh, it's one of the greatest famines in the world. And we hit water. And so the people, they started gathering around when we hit water. And they were just yelling out and yelling out and yelling out and saying, this is the second miracle. And they just kept saying that over again. This is the second miracle. And uh, so I, I read a passage of Scripture. I think Audie's heard me read this before in the desert when we hit water. It's Psalms 107.35. It says, but the Lord can turn deserts into lakes and scorched land into flowing streams. Isn't that a great verse for hitting water in the desert? I mean, and uh, and so I, I turned and I had a translator and said, you know what kind of God you have? And the people said, what kind of God do we have? And we said, you have a God who can bring water into the desert. And the people started jumping up and down. You see the amateur. I mean, they jump, and these guys are tall. I mean, they look like they should be playing in the NBA, and they seem like they jump higher than people in the NBA. They just jump, and, and it seems like their feet are about this high off the ground. Probably not that high, but it sure seemed like it. And they just jump, and they kept jumping for about 30 minutes. They were just jumping up and down and up and down and up and down, and they just kept saying, this is the second miracle. 
Now, after hearing about the second miracle for quite a while, what would you be prompted to ask? Exactly, and that's what I wanted to know. What's the first miracle if this is the second miracle? And they said, well, we'll have to hear a story. And I said, okay. And they said there was this girl in primary school. Now, you got to know this was not a CRF school, okay? And you'll understand why in a minute. But uh, there was this girl in a primary school, and her teacher abused her. She's in a primary school, and this girl gets abused, and she becomes pregnant. And later, the child is born, and the teacher decides, I'm going to get in trouble over this. And so what he does is after that baby is born, he kidnaps the baby, and he takes the baby over to the edge of a cliff that is 300 feet down. And he's about to just hurl that baby over the cliff, and then he said, hmm, I think that would be murder. I better not do that. So what he did is he sets the baby down right on the edge of the cliff, knowing that at some point soon the baby's bound to roll or turn, and when that happens, then the baby will fall off of this 300-foot cliff, and that's exactly what happened. Well, as the day went on, people in the community started hearing a noise. There's these two women that were talking to each other, and she says, do you hear that noise? And the one says, yeah. She says, what is it? She says, I don't know. It sounds like a baby crying. She says, well, do you see any babies around here? She says, no. Then let's see if we can figure out where it's coming from. So they started walking around just listening, listening to see if they could hear a baby, and they finally came to the edge of a cliff and said, you know what? It sounds like there's a baby crying over the cliff. So they found a guy that had a long rope, and so he tied it onto a tree, and he started lowering himself over the cliff to see what was really making that noise. And when he got about a third of the way down the cliff, he saw in this tree that was growing out from the side of the cliff, a baby had landed in it. And that baby wasn't too happy and was just crying and crying and crying and crying. And so the man, he brought the, the baby up up into the village, rescued her, and the teacher, he fled. Later, later we caught him, and he was arrested. And the mom just disappeared, and we've never found her, the mom of that baby. And so there was this old grandma, and she said, I'll take care of the baby, but she was very poor. And so she took the baby, and she was so poor, though, that she couldn't pay school fees for this little girl to go to school as the, as the child grew up. And so she would borrow books and teach her things that she knew so that at least uh, uh, the child wouldn't be too ignorant. And so uh, she studied the best that she could, and that child uh, grew up. And she finally reached the age of high school, but she knew she couldn't go to high school because she didn't have the money, couldn't pay school fees. And, uh, and so she still studied, but she asked them, could I take the test? the entrance exam, just to see if I'm smart enough to go to school. I know I can't, I don't have the money, but could I take the test just to see with all my learning if I have accumulated enough knowledge to go to high school? And they said, sure. And so she took the test, and she did very well. She was smart enough to go to high school, even though she hadn't gone to school ever. And so, anyhow, I'm listening to this story. And they said, would you like to meet the first miracle? And I said, I guess so. I didn't really know what that meant. And then all of a sudden, 
coming out from where the drillers were comes this girl, and her name was Vivian Jepkoic. I think I've got a picture over here. Vivian Jepkoic. That's her. And she walks out, and this is the baby that had fallen over the cliff and landed in the tree, and she grew up. And she didn't ever go to school, but she was smart enough to go to school, but she didn't go to school. And this was Jivian Jepkoic, and they introduced her and said, this is the first miracle. And so I met her, and I said, have you ever heard of Susie Peacock High School? And she said, yes. It is the best high school in Kenya, and I agree with her. And I said, yeah, Christian Relief Fund. We started that. I'm with Christian Relief Fund. And uh, y'all know Francis B.? Have y'all met Francis? Okay, Francis started uh, uh, for CRF, started this high school in Eldoret, Kenya. And she said, yeah, it's the best one. I said, how would you like to go there? And she said, I could go to school. I said, yeah, we'll pay for it. I said, I'll get, I'm going to take your picture right now, and I'll get you a sponsor, and you're going to go to Susie Peacock High School. The last time I was in Kenya, one of the very last things I did was I went to Susie Peacock High School to see Vivian because she's the first miracle. And she is there, and she's doing well in that school. So the question is, why is the baby in the tree? And the answer is God wanted to save her. She was saved in that tree by God's grace. She was saved to go to Susie Peacock High School by Christian Relief Fund. She was saved to do everything in her life nearly by a guy named Tim Doak, who goes to the CRF table like we've got in the coffee room, looks down and sees Vivian Chip Coick, and he says, I'll sponsor her for about a dollar a day. And now she goes to school and she's doing so well. She got a sudden good break, didn't she? In Proverbs 13, 12, it says, Unrelenting disappointment leaves you heart sick, but a sudden good break can turn life around. Isn't that true? Some of y'all can identify that. You're just kind of going along and everything's bad, and you just get a break. And you get that break, and everything becomes good just because you got that break. And that's what happened with Vivian. She's just going along in her life, and she gets a break. I mean, it started early in her life. She falls off a cliff and lands in a tree. That's what I call a good break. But it's something more than that. God graced her. You know, so usually we use grace as a noun. Sometimes I like to use it as a verb. We just get graced. And that's what happened to Vivian. She got graced. Who could have saw it coming? I mean, most people, when they fall off a cliff, don't land in a tree. Who could have seen that coming? But God graces her. When I think of being saved by a tree, I usually think of Luke 19. I'll share that one with you. And, uh, and it says in Luke 19, verse 1, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back 
four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Great story, isn't it? You know, you learned that one when you were young, didn't you? What's the old song? Zacchaeus was a wee little man. And the next line's even better. A wee little man was he. <laughs> I don't know who wrote that. But uh, I just wish I got the residual bonuses for it. Okay. Uh, but anyhow, is that a great story? You got this little short guy. And, uh, and he is a he cheats people. And so everybody, I, I said he's a short guy. I heard a guy do a sermon the other day, and, and he said that Zacchaeus wasn't short, but Jesus was short. He said that verse 3, it says he wanted to see who Jesus was because he was short. He's reading it like that was Jesus. And, you know, and, and because Jesus is short, the crowd surrounds him. Zacchaeus can't see over the crowd, so he climbs a tree. I don't believe it. Okay, but... Uh, <laughs> So you got this crowd over here. Zacchaeus climbs a tree because he wants to see Jesus. I can just envision this. And the crowd's all over here. Jesus is the only one who sees him. And so he walks over here with the people, and it says he stops. And then he looks up, and he and he sees him up the tree. And I can just see the crowd. You know, they, they still don't spot him, but then all of a sudden when Jesus stops and looks up, everybody's looking up there and saying, there's a guy up the tree. And what does Jesus say? What's the first word he says? That's it. Zacchaeus. That's the first word he says. He stops this. Zacchaeus. And you know why that's significant? Because you know what Zacchaeus means? It means purity. He looks up the tree, and everybody else who's there wants to look up the tree and yell, You cheat! And Jesus sees something that nobody else sees. He sees purity. And I I think, I really think this. I can't prove it, but I really think this. I think when he looks up there and he says purity, he thinks back to what he's just recently said when he's on that hill and all the people are talking, are, are, are listening to him. And he said, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall what? See God. See God. And here he is. He's up a tree and he is seeing God face to face. So Jesus asked him to come down. He asked him to come to his house. Why is Zacchaeus in a tree? I think it's to see God. That's his perspective. Why is Zacchaeus in a tree from God's perspective? Because he wants to save him. What it says in Luke in Luke 19.10, it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. He's going to save him. What's he going to do? He's going to give him a sudden good break. He's not expecting it. He's got to be the last guy on earth that you would think would get a break by Jesus. I mean, this guy's a cheater. He's ripping everybody off, and Jesus is going to stop up there and say, Purity. No, I mean, who would think of that? Only God. He loves to give good breaks. He loves to grace people. Romans 5, it says, While we were yet sinners... Christ died for the ungodly. Now, who would have thought that? We sin. We mess up. We do the very thing God doesn't want us to do. And what does he do? He gives his son to die for us and saves us. We're graced. Water in the desert. A baby in a tree on a cliff. A God dying for our sins. Who could see it coming? We were just graced. 
And I think there are orphans all around the world today on Orphan Sunday. Some of them I've taken their picture of, and they're back there in the coffee room. And and they're probably just hoping that somebody's going to tell them that they got a sudden good break today. They were graced. They were graced. I think there are just people that are sitting in deserts or in Haiti, just so much needing clean water, and just hoping that maybe today they'll get graced. I can just see those kids when Francis B. runs up to him and says, Hey, you got sponsored. You get to go to school. Get to eat. <laughs> I can see just these people there in the middle of that desert in Turkana where you drilled a well, and people are coming up to them and saying, Hey, you don't have to drink that dirty water you've been drinking. That dirty water was brown and green and would would give them typhoid. It said, hey, hey, you're gonna have fresh water. You can drink it for free 24-7. You've been graced. Well, in Barwesa now, once a year, all the people who live in Barwesa, they come to this spot and have a huge celebration. And they do it right on the edge of a cliff. And they come there, and the elder of the community, he tells the story. He tells the story of Vivian Jipkoic. He tells the story of the first miracle. And after he finishes the story, out walks through the crowd. Vivian Jepkoic. And they say the first miracle. And people start jumping up and down. And they still do that every year because they don't want to forget about someone who got a sudden good break, about someone who is graced. But you know what? That same God wants to grace you today. He wants to give you a sudden good break. And you might say, man, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what a big mess I've done with my life. Well, you know what? If that's the truth, then God wants to grace you. Not because you deserve it, but because he wants to give you a sudden good break. And you know what could happen if he did that? If you just accept his marvelous grace today, you know what you could be? The third miracle. You really could, couldn't you? I'm going to pray in just a minute, and while I'm praying, I'm going to ask our our altar team to come up here, because maybe some of you just really need a prayer. Maybe some of you are kind of like Zacchaeus, and you just need somebody to see who you can be, somebody to pray for you, and maybe you just want to change your whole life, and you can do that, because if there's anything I can guarantee you today is that God wants to grace you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your marvelous grace. I'm thankful for the first miracle. I'm thankful for Vivian Chip Coick and that you saved her. I'm thankful for the second miracle, that you're a God who can bring water. But Lord, really, there was a miracle before the first miracle, and that was that you gave your son for us and that we could be saved through him. And Lord, while we were still sinners, you died for us, and we thank you and we praise you. And, Lord, you've just graced us over and over again. And, Lord, maybe today there's somebody here that needs to become the third miracle, that needs to give their life to you.
that needs to um, just receive your marvelous grace. And I pray that if anyone here needs to receive your marvelous grace, that they will, and you will make them the third miracle. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.